Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Have the people around you that can answer the questions that you have because no one knows everything. So if you can establish a network of people who can make connections with you or answer those questions when you're stressing out late at night or whatever it is, you'll be able to get through it. Best Ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And with us today, Justin Frazier. How you doing, Justin? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Really happy to be here. Well, I am glad to have you on the show and nice that you are happy to be here. Justin has been a real estate investor since 2014. In May of 2018, he closed on his first apartment syndication, raising over $600,000 for that deal. He's based in Milltown, New Jersey. And with that being said, Justin, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. I started with single family rental and got the bug of real estate investing from there. Formed a company, flipped a house, bought on a few more rental properties and decided that it was too slow, honestly. So I decided that I wanted to elevate my game and my portfolio and get into syndication. So we closed on this 40 unit this past May and that's my sole focus now is looking for the next property. So you got a 40 unit that you closed on. How much did you make on that 40 unit so far? What do you mean? How much? How much have you made? What was your acquisition fee? Oh, the acquisition fee was around 40 grand or so, 2% of purchase price. And I did have some other team members that I split that with. Got it. And how did you find the other team members and what were their roles? I had a mentor, you know, Matt Faircloth. He is um, yep. my mentor on this project and really in all things, but he guided me through this project and in exchange gets a piece of the equity and the acquisition fee, but incredible because he lends his credibility and experience to the project. So happy to have him aboard. And also another team member who helped qualify for the loan. 
he and I negotiated, he was going to help personally guarantee the loan in addition to me. So he took part of the acquisition fee for that as well. Cool. Well, you do what you need to do to get the first couple deals done, right? And then you figure out how to position things in the future. The 40 unit, you raised $600,000 for it. Where did that money come from? That money came from my network. I run a RIA meeting in Princeton, New Jersey. I'm connected with a lot of investors, but not just real estate investors. It came from neighbors, family members, friends, anyone and everyone that I could speak to about this deal. They heard about it, probably to the point of annoying them, but <laughs> that's okay. I'm happy to annoy you with stories of the property I'm going to purchase. And I even have my boss involved on this deal. Wow. You are all in, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> Where do you work or not? I don't need, we don't need to know the company, but I work for a software company. I manage okay. software projects. Yeah. All right. You do software. Yeah. What's your boss say about you doing this thing on the side? He's so encouraging. It's really cool. He owns a few properties as well. So he gets it. And we have a very great policy where they're flexible with me at work and I take care of my job first. I have to, because that's the income and that's how I help qualify for this loan. And then Real estate is a night weekend and an every minute in between type job. Do you work from home? I work from home about one or two days a week. Okay. So $600,000 came from any and everyone you came across from the RIA, the neighbors, the family, the friends. Now looking at it a bit more closely, the 600000 how much of it was from the RIA? I would say more than half. Yeah, More than over, half. Over three, 350 or so. About 350 or so. Okay. And how is the remaining 250 or so broken out? I don't want to get into specifics with individual people. But I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not asking for people's names. I'm wondering like <laughs> um, family or friends yeah. or neighbors, so the categories. One extended family member, a good chunk from a neighbor, and the rest just personal network, other people that I've known in life. Okay, cool. Yeah. How did you present it at the RIA? personal connections to people, people that I have already had a relationship with and just started telling everyone and just retelling because a lot of people knew me already. So I had to essentially reintroduce myself to them and say, hey, without sending up in front and advertising or anything, just, hey, I've got this cool property project going on, this cool property, let's talk. And so a lot of people showed a lot of interest, but a lot of the investors have their own projects going on and their funds are tied up in their own flips. So where I thought I might be able to just raise the whole thing through my network there, I didn't quite get as much because people have, of course, if you're an investor, you've got money tied up in other projects. And then following up on the last thing that you mentioned, the neighbor, what is their social security number? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right. So the RIA that you started, when did you start the RIA? It's something that had been in existence for a while and I took over. So I, I took over managing this meeting over a year ago. Okay. How did you come to take it over? I started volunteering about three years ago. I started volunteering at this RIA. I was getting a lot of value out of it. And so I sat at the front desk and checked people in and did sort of the grunt work of the organization and just started making connections with people like Matt. Actually, Matt was running this meeting before I was. And so making connections with the people that I knew were going to help my business in the future by taking some grunt work off their plate and doing the things that they didn't want to do, like the paperwork and the check-in process. Mm -hmm. And then an opportunity came up to help out in a larger role, doing some planning, and then eventually the opportunity came up to take over. How did the opportunity come up to take over? Well, I think that the person that was running it beforehand got really busy and had other priorities. 
So because I was the project manager, I told you running an event is not a problem. And so I was there. I was the next person that people thought of because I was always there helping out. So it's a bit of work as well, but I volunteered because I see the long-term benefit and being the person at the front of the room, being the person that people see as the person that knows what they're talking about. Big lesson there for a lot of investors who are looking to do larger deals or raise private capital for their fix and flips or whatever type of venture. That's for sure. Okay, so that's how you got the 600K. It's a 40 unit. What's the business plan? We are putting about $300,000 into renovating. Right now, some of the units are as low as $150 below market, but the property is built in 1986, and most of the units have not been touched since. So 32 years old or so. So they all need kitchens, bathrooms, floors. The previous owner did a little bit of renovation on 10 of the units. So I would say 30 or so need the full renovation. Also exterior work. We've got to clean up the outside of the property. It's a C property in a C area, but it's in an area that has rent growth, job growth, and you can actually see the path of progress coming down the road about a quarter mile away with a bunch of new commercial development. So we're able to capitalize on hopefully that, but that's not in the pro forma. The pro forma is about getting up to market right now. And if the whole market elevates after that, that's just bonus for us. Mm -hmm. Where is it located? Portsmouth, Virginia. Portsmouth, Virginia. How did you come across the property? I came across this property through a broker. It's a broker that I had met looking at property a year ago. And I had looked at some things that he had available. I didn't love them, but told him, this is the type of deal I'm looking for, followed up. Drove back down anytime he had something that he thought met my criteria and just stayed in touch with him. And I did this with a lot of brokers in a lot of towns. And eventually this guy called me back and said that the seller had just listed with them. They hadn't done their full marketing package yet, but it was pretty much exactly the type of deal that I was looking for. So he called on Thursday and I was there on Monday Mm -hmm. and just jumped on it right away because it was exactly what I'd been telling him for six plus months that I wanted to do. What were you telling him for six plus months that you wanted to buy? I was looking for a 50 unit or more. So we missed the mark there, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) In the two to $3 million range where we could add value. I wanted a property that needed work. I didn't want something that was turnkey. And I also didn't want something that was in total shambles. wasn't doing a new construction or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted it in an area that I thought made sense in the Portsmouth, Norfolk, that whole area I really like. And we talked about price per unit and everything else. And so when this deal came up, it hit pretty much every box. Mm-hmm. How much did you buy it for? Two and a quarter million. Two and a quarter million. Okay, got it. And you're putting in 300000 You're looking to get a $150 rent increase. So that's 7500 bucks per unit. So that's 24% return on your renovations. And you're looking to exit in what period of time? We have a five-year note right now. So I'd like to refinance. I expect that we should be able to get between 80 to 100% of our investors' money back when we refinance in five years. Is that what you projected to them? That is, yep. Really? You projected that you'd get 80 to 100% of their money back? Absolutely. In how many years? In five. Oh, in five. Sorry, I was thinking in two on a refinance. No, so it's a five-year note right now. So we'll hold for the five years, do Mm -hmm. our renovations, and then do a refinance in five years. Okay, I'm with you. And the 
challenge that you've come across that you weren't expecting since you closed about three months ago is what? Every day there's a challenge, (laughs) of course. I've got a good property management team and contracting team doing their work. We've renovated a few units and we are showing them, but people are not applying. And I think that I don't think we're overpriced on the rent, but I think that the exterior of the property I think I undervalued how quickly we needed to do that renovation. There's trash. It's a bit of a mess. There's trees overgrowing. We didn't have big lighting at night, so it was just dark. So I did not expect that. So we're accelerating the exterior renovation work so that we can make it a cleaner, better place to live. And then we expect we'll be able to fill those units. Mm How did you pick your property management company? So I started with Bigger Pockets, asking for recommendations from other people. And then back in last July, when I started looking at properties, I brought each property management company out to a different property and had them walk through the properties with me. And it was basically a walking interview. And I would get their feedback and opinion on the property. I wanted their opinion on how they were going to manage it, where they thought we could trim expenses. They would look at the T12s and give me feedback on that. So essentially, it's like an extended interview for each property manager at a different property. How many did you do that with? Three. And what were some answers that you got to your questions with one you didn't hire? Well, no one really had bad answers. I didn't find anything that was a total deal breaker, but the team that I ended up picking, they have 350 units or so. So this 40 unit would be a significant portion, whereas some of the others that I had interviewed had thousands under management. And I wanted to feel like I am important. And I wanted to feel like I could get that personal level of attention because I know that I'm going to have a lot of questions and I know I'm going to require lots of updates because it's my first time through. So that's ultimately why I picked this company. What was the largest property that they managed within the 350 at the time? 24, I believe. What gave you the confidence that they could manage a property almost twice as large as anything they have ever managed before? I spoke to a few of their current owners and the people that they're managing for. And a lot of it for me is personal connection and conversation and plans around this. And I feel like they're a company that is set up for growth and I like their style and I've really felt a strong connection with them. And honestly, like everything, we're try it out. And if something doesn't work out, then we'll do what's best for the business to make a change. But I feel very good about this decision. On the challenge that you're working through a solution on now, they're showing, but the residents aren't applying. How much of a factor of that do you attribute to the property management company? That's a great question. I think it's the renovations need to happen first. I think that the property itself is just not there. Maybe another management company could bring some tenants in at a lower rate, or maybe slack on the qualifications, but we're not giving in on credit scores or income requirements. So we're staying firm to that. So we just have to bring our product up to something that market rate will be interested in renting out. Is that something that the management company says, hey, Justin, we're showing, but these potential residents aren't applying. So we recommend XYZ. Or are you seeing the numbers and you're like, wait a second, everyone, what's going on? Should we do this? Should we do this? It's an open dialogue. We meet every Friday and talk about everything that's happening. And we have conversations more frequently if needed. 
So together we've been seeing it and I've been at the property every three to four weeks. And so we have a good working relationship and it's just a natural question because units have been sitting there for a few weeks. So that's just something that we've been focusing on and talking about together. How do you structure those Friday conversations with your management company? I actually have the manager and the contractor on at the same time because there's so much happening in both aspects. So we talk about any tenants that have not paid or problem tenants first. When we closed at the end of May, we had a few tenants that did not pay June's rent. It's natural, I guess, to expect they're testing us. So we finally just have gotten through our eviction and got a few of those units back. Two months, not too bad on the timeline there. So we talk about status of tenants, any problems that they're having, anything that I need to know about. We talk about the current plans for renovation. We talk about anything going on with the area, anything that I'm not seeing. I get news alerts and weather alerts and anything like that, but they're keeping me up to date as if I'm there. So I I know a full picture about the property. Hmm. A lot of people want to scale. You started with single family rentals, you flipped the house, as you mentioned, you got a few more rentals, and then boom, you went to a 40 unit, you raised more than half a million dollars. What do you think is it about you or your personality or your approach that got you to the next level, whereas others don't get there, they just think about it? I think it comes down to making a plan and taking action. I manage projects every day of my life for my day job, and this is another massive project. But the difference here is that it's tied to my why and my reason for wanting to do it, and it ties back to my family and my wife and my son. So I just have this drive where I knew that I need to scale up because of the life that I want to be able to provide for my son and my wife. And that just fuels me in those days where you're stressed and just having a terrible day and you think the deal is going to fall apart because I had many of those. Like That's what keeps me going. And that's what gets me back on the phone or following up or doing that paperwork that I had been putting off because I knew I tie it directly. If I do this, then I will get the life that I want to have for my family. And I just keep that at the top of my mind. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You mentioned there were multiple days where the deal is falling apart and you had to remind yourself, what's a specific instance of a day when that happened? You don't have to tell me the day, obviously, but what specifically happened on a particular day where the deal felt like it was falling apart? I was almost done with my capital raise and almost done with the study period where the deposit was about to become non-refundable. And I had an investor call me he was in for $100,000. He had not wired his money yet, but he had verbally committed. And he had a project that was going sideways and he just was not feeling comfortable putting that money into this deal because he thought he might need it for something else. So I was four or five days away from my deposit becoming non-refundable. And I was, am I even going to be able to raise this money anymore? Everything was crashing down. And I remember just sitting there, my head is in my hands. I'm like, what am I going to do? It was really tough because I was at the end of all my extensions, I'd gone through everything. And I know the seller wasn't happy about all the extensions I had used, but I went back to him and I said, I need another one that's not in our contract, (laughs) which he did not take very well. So I had to negotiate and I gave him an extra percent of the purchase price. We had originally been under contract or less. And I added a percent in exchange for a 30 day window. How much was that? 18 grand or something like that. And how much more time did you have? I got an 
extra 30 days. And wow. that's all I needed. Yep. So I just needed the deposit to not go non-refundable. It was a lot of money that I didn't want to put on the line if I wasn't 100% sure I was going to be able to raise the rest of the raise. So it was incredibly stressful, but all I needed was that 30 days. I had other people lined up. They just needed a little more time to get over that finish line. Wow. It's such a good story. I'm so grateful that you're on the show. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Great question. I think my advice is to have the people around you that can answer the questions that you have because no one knows everything. So if you can establish a network of people who can make connections with you or answer those questions when you're stressing out late at night or whatever it is, you'll be able to get through it. Completely agree. Especially in this business, real estate investing, yes, even more so in apartment syndication. There's so many nuances, and it's so important to have some people in your corner. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to... One, learn more about the causes that we're profiling. We do one a month. Then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com. Okay, Justin, what's the best ever book you recently read? The Due Diligence Handbook is something I was reading right before I was doing Due Diligence, and that really helped me through the process. It's a great book. Really very helpful as I was going through that process as a first-timer. Best ever business decision you've made? Bringing on a mentor that could give me the credibility and guidance through my syndication process. Best ever deal you've done that we have not talked about already my very first deal it was a single family property it was cheap is in trenton i've had a ton of problems with it but it gave me that taste of cash flow and it gave me that excitement of real estate investing and i've learned so much from it and that's what set the foundation for everything else what's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we have not talked about already oh i've let tenants go way too long without payment thinking that I could just collect their late fees and then all of a sudden the late fees don't come in and you've got months without payment and then you have an eviction. So can't be too lenient with those tenants. Got to stay on top of them. Best ever way you like to give back? I help out through that RIA. I spend a lot of time helping new investors. I have a few students that I coach and just help them get their first deal. I think that everyone should be a real estate investor and I just try to help as many people as I can do that. Best ever way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? My website, 88realestatecapital.com. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. Love talking to you about your first syndication, how you raised $600,000. You were volunteering at the RIA three years ago. And at first you were working the desk 
doing some administrative stuff. Then you started planning the events. And then when there was a opportunity for you to lead the RIA, you stood up and volunteered your services. And as a result, when you were looking to go larger, you brought $350,000 from that leadership position. As a result of that leadership position, all the time you had put into it years prior, certainly a lesson for many investors. I mention all the time, if you have time to attend a meetup, then you have time to create one. And in your case, you attended, but then you volunteered your time and made it maximize the amount of value that you'd get from attending. So either way, you either create one or you just volunteer, you maximize your time while you're there. And then some challenges you've had with the 40 unit, solutions that you have in place, and challenges you had getting the deal to the finish line with equity raise and going back to your reason why. And I can tell when you talk about your reason why, you say it with a conviction, that's for sure. And that's the type of conviction that you had whenever you were going through the process to get this deal done. Really cool to hear this. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.